welcome to this week's episode of Midlife AF. This week, I'm going to be talking to my friend and fellow grey area drinking coach and also recently diagnosed ADHD human um, about socialising and socialising and being alcohol free and talking about community and friendship and all that kind of stuff as well. Faye is amazing because she has written, she launched Untoxicated, which was absolutely seminal in our community um, for offering sober meetups. And she did a TED talk on it and she runs her own coaching business and I love her. She's a great friend. So I'm going to hand over to me and Faye talking about socialising sober or alcohol-free, however you like to call it. I hope you enjoy. If you're a woman in midlife whose intuition is telling you that giving booze the elbow might be the next right move, then Midlife AF is the podcast for you. Join counsellor, psychotherapist, this naked mind and grey area drinking alcohol coach Emma Gilmore for a weekly natter about parenting quirky teens, menopause, relationships and navigating this thing called midlife alcohol free. If you're feeling that life could be so much more, that you're sick and tired of doing all the things for everyone else, if your intuition is waving her arms manically at you saying it could all be so much easier if we didn't have to keep drinking, Come with me. Together we'll find our groove without booze. It's so nice to have you. It's so lovely to talk to you. I really, um, so we're talking about friendship and community today. And I know um, many of you will know who Faye is because she's a legend in this space, because she has done a TED talk on exactly this subject, because she founded Untoxicated, one of the very coolest things in the world, world-leading, amazing, runs her own business, my friend, most importantly. Um, but in case you don't know her, Faye, would you like to introduce yourself? Well, I, I think you pretty much said it all, um, So I thank you for that wonderful introduction, Emma. Um, I myself have been alcohol free since late 2017. I was always a massive party animal. And uh, one of the big things for me in changing my drinking habits was always that the social side. I just couldn't imagine my social life or life in general, but particularly my social life and what that would look like without alcohol. And then when I did stop drinking um, after that initial period where you're just, you know, one day at a time. And then once you've got a little bit of um, a bit of a solid foundation, then I was like, well, what do I do now socially? And there just really wasn't anything at all. And I thought there must be other people like me out there um, who, you know, I think if you're in a recovery program, uh, you know, for, for a lot of people that does provide the social outlet. Uh, but for everybody else, um, what do you do? And, you know, going back to 2018, when I started Untoxicated, uh, you know, we are, we are, uh, we weren't, sorry, where we are now. So much has changed just in quite a short space of time in terms of options available to people, alcohol-free products, all of those sorts of things. So, um, you know, it was sort of whistling in the wind. What do we, you know, what what is there? Um, but, and so that's why I started Untoxicated. And, um, you know, it, it's been really beneficial to me actually in my own journey because I think when you are connected to a community of people, uh, you know, not only is that useful in sustaining your own, your own sobriety or reduction in drinking, whatever your goal is, but also it's the accountability. There is an accountability as well by being connected to others who are on the same journey. Yeah. And um, so I, you know, found it intoxicated and um, I ended up becoming a grey area drinking coach myself. 
Um, I'm currently doing a, not sure if it's a diploma or master of counselling yet, still working out which, which level I want to go to. Um, and I've previously done um, study in psychology. And so I've got the, you know, the coaching, the counselling, the psych. Um, and yeah, just continuing on this journey and seeing what unfolds, really. It's, I think it's a really exciting time for us where we're starting to see some quite significant momentum and change um, in this space, which is yeah. great for people because it's, it's really just about giving people more options. That's it. That's exactly it. And Faye, I came across you through Untoxicated initially before we became friends. And I was just astounded by what a cool um, concept Untoxicated was. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about Untoxicated and how it works? Sure. So um, really it was, it was, I was just sort of making it up as I went along to be honest. <laughs> as we do. <laughs> so um, I started it as a meetup group in Brisbane and then, um, you know, that was starting to gain momentum quite quickly and I was like, oh, this is surprising. Like we've got 300 members. Wow. Yeah. This is insane. <laughs> um, but, you know, in the beginning, it really was like I would turn up and there'd be one other person. Um, so I did almost give up quite a few times. But it started as a meetup group in Brisbane. And then um, a friend of mine in Sydney actually said, oh, we need something like this for Sydney. And I said, oh, well, you know, we can start a group there if you like. Mm. And so then she, uh, as well as another person, started hosting down there and then uh, on the back of the 7.30 report segment that we got, um, you know, we just got so many requests from people uh, wanting what we were doing. So we, we opened another one in Melbourne. And the way that it works really is that it's, it's people like you and I, it's people with lived experience, it's people who, um, you know, want to uh, make those connections that host they've everyone's a volunteer yeah. and um you know they pick whatever events it is that they want to hold might just be going to the movies might be going for a coffee could be going for a bush walk whatever it is and um put it up on meetup and people come along they're usually quite small uh, groups of people sort of uh, five to twenty really depending on what the event is um, and uh, you don't have to be sober 24-7. There's no, like, hi, I'm Faye and I'm an alcoholic. You're there for the social side, but generally what happens is then you do make friendships with people who are on the same journey as you, yeah. and lots of people are there uh, who might just be taking a break, having a night off, doing it for health reasons, doing it for cult, you know, culturally, just they're not that you, they don't drink in their culture, whatever it is. So you're not identifying by coming along as someone who is necessarily a problem drinker. And I think that's quite critical. You know, when you look at things like um, Park Run, you don't have to come along and go, hi, I'm a beast, you know, or hi, yeah. I've got a binge eating problem, or hi, yeah. I've got a, an injury, which means, that, or whatever, like you just turn up, you're with other people, and you, you run a walk. And that's what intoxicated's like as well. Yeah. I mean, I joined Untoxicated, I think, I can't even remember when I joined, but it would have been way back when. Like, I imagine it would have been in 2020 when I stopped drinking. And I've met I the think people that I've yeah. met. It must have been, mustn't it? And I, I met this beautiful group who now we like regularly meet we all know each other and actually do you know what they, it's, it's interesting because they're actually a group of people that probably some of them probably we would have been friends with anyway but some of them wouldn't yeah. be but there's just this lovely connection when you see the people and you're like oh and and and, and everybody does different things so I do things that are more like um sound healing I like doing the ecstatic dance stuff there's another host in Melbourne who does um she does like comedy festivals and dinners and we sometimes do theater and the people are just 
lovely. It's a bit like, and I'm I'm gonna Faye and I can't help but talk about ADHD in some ways. Uh, but it's a bit like when you meet fellow neurodivergents and you know, when you meet fellow people who are on a journey, whatever that journey may be, with those, yeah. there's something special about the vulnerability of the friendships. Even if you never, and we don't really talk about not drinking at all. It's literally just like, this is where we are. We're enjoying the experience. It's like very, um, very just lovely and lightweight and um, just a really nice way to go out and do something you'd like to do anyway. But you often it's things like, oh, I, I might not try that. But that sounds really fun. And if I can go with somebody else, then I have a bit more. Yeah. Oh, look, as we know, the research shows that, um, you know, for people that that do stop drinking or those that don't drink, what happens is because of the peer pressure, they either come out and end up drinking or they stay in and become socially isolated. Yeah. So, you know, neither of those are ideal to sustaining behavioural change. Um, and, you know, why would you stop drinking uh, and make those changes or cut back drastically, whatever it is that you're wanting to do, when you've got to stay in now all the time and, and, and your, your, your existing social connections are fractured, you know, so yeah. which can happen to a lot yeah. of people. Definitely. So, you, you know, social anxiety is often in the in the picture for people. Oh, uh, there's a strong comorbidity with anxiety with people that have alcohol dependence of any kind. And, uh, you know, it's how, how do we facilitate spaces then for people to learn how to do those things without alcohol that feel psychologically safe? but also feel like something they're going to want to do that are fun, that are, you know. So I think it's really, really important because there's new skills that we all have to learn when we walk this path, you know. And um, that desire for connection is quite strong when you're six months alcohol-free and you're sitting home going, I know I can't do the things that I used to do because, A, they're boring, to me now and be you know i just don't want to put myself in that environment so but ho-hum it's a saturday night and i'm stuck at home this is shit but if i go to a meeting it's going to be full of people who are on the piss so what do i do you know so it's yeah about trying to cultivate those options for people absolutely and i don't know um Faye, what was your uh, my experience was like my really good friends stayed really good friends and they generally they were the people who probably didn't have as much of an issue around booze because they were very willing to move things that they did with me to like breakfast or walks or going to yoga or whatever it might be and then some weren't and those people we haven't we haven't like had a big drastic breakup or anything but we just don't really hang out together like you say I don't particularly want to go and spend a lot of time sitting around with people who are drinking because I, I can do two hours and that's probably my max. Um, yeah. Because it gets really boring. Um, and also, you're socially drained, I find. For me, I can do yeah. two hours and then I'm peopled. My, um, yes. Like a lot of sensory overload from people. Like it's almost like I have a people hangover if I spend too much longer than that in the company of other people. So um that's an issue for me what was your experience personally when you um stopped drinking in terms of friendship are you okay to share yeah yeah totally um i remember sitting in an aa meeting quite early on and uh when i when i first stopped drinking because i was just throwing everything at it i was like right i'm doing all the things everything you know like i'm just gonna try everything and um, hearing people say, well, all your friendships will be gone now. And I was like, fuck that. No. <laughs> you know, just the same as I was like, fuck that, when, yeah. um, I don't know if I'm allowed to swear, um, yes, when, um, you know, the, the whole thing about sober is boring and all that. Right. I went, nah, yeah. who makes the rules? Yeah. No, yeah. out. 
I'm redefining this. Um, so, uh, I, but much like yourself, some the, the, the reality is that you are going to lose some friendships and that can be quite painful, you know, because sometimes it can be people the least that you least expect. Yes. Um, and for me, one of those was my, actually, my best friend. Mm. Um, and you know, it, it, it's it, sometimes things don't survive, but then I encourage people to look at any major life transition they have when you go to uni, when you get married, when you have children, when you move out of the area, all of these sorts of things that happen in your life, whether we like it or not, impact our friendships. And this is another one that's going to do the same. So expect that that is potentially going to happen, but it doesn't mean everyone's out. No, Lots of people not. are able to, uh, you know, transition from uh, the pubs and the clubs to let's meet for brunch or let's yeah. go for a bush walk or let's go to the movies. Yeah. So, you know, don't go in expecting the worst yeah. if you're on this path, but also know that there will be some shifts and uh time will tell but yeah that that was definitely a part of it because even with those existing friendships still remaining intact i still didn't want to go out on a friday or saturday night with those people which i had tried to do because yes. i was like I, I just don't want to be sitting here two hours with people who are getting hammered yeah. you know i'm not i i, I I don't want to try and prove, and I, this is what I see with a lot of people in early sobriety, Definitely. Definitely. that nothing's changed for me. Yeah. In order you know, it's like... Else in order correct. But you've got, to, yeah. you've got a trial and error this stuff. You know, it's yeah. like well, before we have a child, we're like, it's not going to change my life. I'm going to still be backpacking around the world, and I'm yeah. going to, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, newsflash, that ain't happening. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's, yeah, I, I just, and, and what you find as well, the longer you are on the alcohol-free path, is that actually you learn a lot about yourself, like you're saying, Emma, where, you know, two hours is my limit, but also you're starting to want richer and deeper connections and you're wanting yeah. richer and deeper conversation yeah. with people. Definitely. And you're not going to get that in a bar shouting where you can't no. even hear each other. Yeah. So that's, so you know, these are where the shifts happen. It's so true, isn't it? And I think it's been really interesting. My journey has been so that I have met amazing people like Faye and my other friends who are um, alcohol-free. But I've also made some amazing connections with people who still drink, but who are Ooh. interested in other stuff, you know, who they yeah. doesn't revolve around it. And, like, I, I found these people through swimming that I love, and they're, like, my closest friends in the area, and we meet and we, do, and we have a book club together and we talk about really – juicy things about life and um you know our real real like deep stuff um and i love that they're all into learning yeah. and just really into the same sort of stuff as we as we are so it's also like things can open up for you new friendships are around the corner as well so that's kind of exciting too i think yeah i mean i think that's the thing isn't it is that you know every ending to some you know opens up space for something else um okay. but it's just that you know we we don't like pain and we don't like change generally no, and, we we, <laughs> and we're catastrophizing you know like oh my yeah. god this is I'm never gonna be friends and yeah. you know and it's like keep trying to do the thing that i was doing before when actually we're opening up space for new things. And I think also, you know, you've touched on this, Emma, that um, we start connecting with those parts of ourselves that maybe have been suppressed because we've been drinking for a long time. And, uh, you know, our main hobby has been the alcohol. Yeah. 
Yeah. So how do you know what you like if what you're always doing is, you know, catching up for dinner and drinks or meeting at the bar or, you know, house parties or whatever? How do you kind of uh, have space to explore what some of these other things um, might be like? like when your default is always the come on let's go and get on the piss and if like ourselves you've been drinking since you were very young you've got no idea what you like or even who you are it's like no no idea no idea yeah and that's i think the most extraordinary thing for me is coming out at 40s whenever i stopped 46 i think and finding that I really literally didn't even know who I was, let alone who I, what I liked. Yeah. What was, did you, was you, did you have an experience like that at all? Uh, uh, yes, I did. Cause I remember when I came out of detox, just going, you know, my, my whole life, is going to have to change everything, yeah. every yeah. single thing, every single area and how I operate in the world. And that is terrifying. Yeah. Um, but also it's quite exciting at the same time. And so that was when I said to myself, right, this is where the curiosity came in. Mm-hmm. I went, okay, you know that this is, you know, this is, this is going to be, there's going to be challenges here, you know, and, yeah. but, um, let's see, rather than rejecting this and being too fearful, let's see what, what's going to unfold. Yeah. What's going to, you know, how's it going to be like, yeah. wow, it's going to be so like, I wonder, and ta- really taking that sense of, possibility and sense of curiosity to go I've got no idea to be honest how this is going to pan out and I'm just going to roll with it and this will be the first time in my adult life where I've done this because also I didn't have children at home so there was that as well because it's like I'm living by myself I don't have anyone else at home this was for the first yeah. time too. So like this was all the things mm. and how terrifying, but also how exciting at the same I time. Think. Yeah, totally. Yeah. How about you, Emma? Similar sort of thing. It's like that. I think I, I met a couple of people. I came across a couple of people, particularly Annie and people like that who were like, this is actually really, really freaking amazing. And you're being a massive rebel, which appeals to me, of course. And what if it was awesome? And I was like, yeah. okay, mm. okay, food for thought. <laughs> and I'm yeah. not saying it is all awesome. It's not. Of course it's not. That would be a big no. bad line. And as, as they know, I've yeah. had an absolute pig of a week. Nasty and pleasant week. Very nasty. But... I'm so fucking glad I'm not drinking. Yeah. That's what Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because as well, when you do go through those difficult times and it is challenging, you then get that experience to reflect on, to go, okay, historically, had I been drinking in this situation, yeah. actually it probably would have been a lot, lot worse. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just in terms of the way I responded to things, the way that I, you know, maybe blew up at the situation yeah. and exacerbated it, the way that I prolonged the agony for myself, yeah. say, in, in, you Ruminate know, in a grieving Yes, all of it, you know. And, but I have heard people say, um, especially with Untox, when we had the support group, you know, I'm doing all the right things and I'm still yes. not happy. I'm still not swinging from the chandeliers. Yes. Yeah, this, this is this is life. <laughs> yeah, and that's why we say, I mean, we were going to, I was going to 
Ray, Sarah, and I have been talking about this a lot. We went and I went up and stayed with them in Brisbane um, a couple of weekends ago, which was so lovely. Yeah, oh, I loved it. Yeah, we've just been talking about this sort of thing so much. In that, you know, a lot of the time we are drinking because our lives are troublesome for us. Things are hard. Things are really mm. hard, and so we take the drink out, and we have to, you know, deal with the fact that. We've been drinking for years to do all sorts of things like, you know, push on through when we're completely exhausted, put up oh, with yeah. unpleasant relationships that are not working for us, um, yeah. putting up with jobs that we're not happy with, the home life that we're not happy with, uh, expectations that we put on ourselves that we just can't do. The only way that we can sit down is the, all these things. And so people are like, well, why am I so exhausted? I thought I'd be jumping off the ceiling. It's like because you can find yeah. your body's like, finally fucking rest, you know? Finally. Your body's got yeah, Honestly, I hear this all the time with my clients that, you know, they they realise that they're more introverted than they thought or they're like, oh, I really don't want to go to the thing on Friday. I'm actually noticing that I'm really tired and usually I would yeah. just push on through with the alcohol. Yeah. Or, you know, the lots of people use alcohol to manage an, un, an unhappy relationship. Yeah. God, yeah. They do. Absolutely. Um but, you know, the other thing is, as well, is that when we remove the alcohol, and this is another thing that I see for my clients and, and was the case for me, you are going to, A, stuff's going to come up that you've been suppressing for a long time, and you're going to start to see things more clearly. But also there might be some underlying mental health stuff there right. that you had never dealt with or never even recognised was actually in the picture. And... You know, sometimes you might feel worse before you feel better, the, the longer term better, because yeah. you're actually starting to get to the root causes of things. That's right. And seeing That's right. What, what's in the mix for you. So, yeah. you know, it's, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a ride, isn't it? It's, it's, a, it's a ride. <laughs> and I would say, you know, one of the things that I think that does help in – for me, being neurodivergent and going on this journey is the risk-taking element because it's a li I'm a little bit more willing to go, let's see how what happens. <laughs> let's just try yeah. and see what happens. <laughs> yeah. That's Whereas I think people who have had, who are very, uh, have, have remained, their lives have remained fairly similar for a long period of yeah. time. So, for example, you know, you've got 30-year friendships that you've made yeah. at school and yeah. you've lived in the same place and you've been in your job for a long time and blah, blah, all of these sorts of things. I'd imagine for someone who's yeah, at that point, it is probably are really hard mentally to make these shifts because you know that that's that's a lot of change when you're not used yeah. to change and there's all the fucking stigma as well. sorry we've it's a sweary live this um i love sweary live <laughs> we love sweary live <laughs> <laughs> That just made me laugh. But yeah, it's all the stigma. There's all the stigma. That's it. You know, Please. there's all the stigma. And this is the thing that I'm always banging on about, it, which is, it's to my mind, and I'm not sure if it's because I'm neurodivergent, that this is just ridiculous. Like, why every Everybody in this life has something. They've got mental health issues. They yeah. experience TV. They experience addiction. They experience... Why do we pretend this stuff yeah. doesn't happen to virtually everybody? And so yeah. everyone's like, oh, God, don't see the thing that's going yeah, on for don't me. Don't... Yeah. Yeah. yeah, don't. I've got to pretend that this... You know, I'm not saying that you should go out and shout it from the rooftops. Oh, I've got an alcohol problem or I'm in a DV relationship or whatever it is. The point being is that people are suffering for a lot, lot longer than they need to be. Yeah. 
because right. often they think I'm one of the only ones that's going through this. That's it. That's it. And it's just so far removed from the truth. Yeah. That's why I think the community well, and friendship is so... Have I? Is no, it okay now? Yeah, better. better. You, you've got a bit wobbly. But that's why I think the community and friendship is so important because we need to be around others who understand and we need to be around others who normalize, <clears throat> excuse me, normalize um, what we're experiencing and also normalize where we want to be. That's right. You know, you That's can't exactly right. be what you can't see. No, and, and, oh, I love that. And, yeah. And so, so unless we're seeing... <laughs> You can't be what you can't see. You yeah. can't. Unless you right. see, like, um, you know, it, it, it's funny actually because with my clients, they'll say they will remember someone who they have met or has been in their sphere that has been sober and they will latch onto that person yeah. as a role model and will keep remembering and yeah. going, actually. I had a lot of respect for that person, even yeah. when I was drinking myself. I had a lot of respect for that person's journey. So why am I automatically assuming that everyone's going to think badly of me because I'm not drinking? Yeah. You know? It's so sad, the stigma. It's so sad. It makes me so sad to listen to people. And it's just bullshit. Themselves. Yeah. Just bullshit. It's bullshit. Um, it keeps so we need to keep getting out there and telling our stories and making it normal, you know, like you do. Yeah, this is what an alcoholic or, or, a, or a substance use, person with substance use disorder or a grey area drinker, whatever yeah. you want to call it, looks like. Yeah. Like this. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with Not this person. Nothing wrong. Nothing. Nothing. Well, nothing. There are there's a few things, things wrong. Again, nothing wrong with us, just different. <laughs> but I think it's that thing about can we all just stop pretending? Like we're seeing with mental health that's happened over the last 20 years. Okay, everyone's now going, you know what? Yeah, I've been depressed, or I'm I'm struggling, or I'm. We, we, we need to move these these other areas that people experience along that, and and DFV, for example, has made some headway as well. With I'm hoping the alcohol stuff or the addiction stuff more broadly will go that way too. Yeah, absolutely. I I saw. Um... You know, there's so many different things around this in terms of our society being non-conducive for people to thrive. And I saw recently somebody, and as you know, and I, I talk about this a lot, but, but I'm having problems. Both my kids are struggling with school at the moment, going to school. And there was a beautiful um, quote somewhere, and it was saying, you know, if the kids are struggling, then we need to look at the culture. Because if our kids are struggling, and so many kids are struggling at the moment with mental health, with school attendance, it's, it's endemic. And it is. what they're saying is that's like a, it's like a, it's like an elbow test. Barometer. It's the canary in the, in the. It's the canary in the bloody tunnel. Mine shop, whatever it's called. Canary in the, yeah, canary in the shaft or whatever, yeah, whatever that is. Exactly, they're our barometer and they're falling by the wayside and then we're like, we're wondering why we're all drowning and we're all trying to keep up, like you say, this facade that we can do all this stuff and pretending to be all these things that are just totally made up, um, rules by which we have to live that are, are, are not created to help us or to make us thrive and they're just created to shame us and blame us and make us feel small and just be productive and not to well help. they're created to make us good little bit worker bees and consumers yeah. and pay tax and 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 yeah. comply and all the rest of it without getting all conspiracy theorists 
you know, we know that the, the power structures that are in place are not really, you know, they're designed to um, have a workable society and workable economic systems and workable political systems and all those sorts of things. So, you know, but, but what I think, um, you know, it's no sign of health. I'm not sure if it's Gabor Mate who said this, to be well adjusted to a sick society. Right. And I think we're seeing the same with all the mass suicides. You know, I read the other day that in uh, New South Wales, they had a 10% increase last year. And they begin yeah. to see whether that is replicated across, you know, the country. But yeah. what... what you know, these things are, are, are an alarm bell ringing. Yeah. Something's going Something's wrong. wrong. Something's, way, wrong. Something's going yeah. wrong with the way that we live. And, and um, you go. No, I was just going to say, and this is why lots of people are turning to drugs and alcohol. Yeah, absolutely. And the saddest thing about it is this idea that problematic drinking is something that is only a small amount of people very very different very very different to the regular people is is and what we're talking about here this stigma is it makes people afraid to because because they think there's a problem with them there's a think there's a weakness with them there's no weakness with anybody we all like Faye and I and everybody we know who's stopped drinking or is reducing their drinking because it was becoming a problem for them we're not we haven't done that because we're these weird little oddities. We've done that because it wasn't working for us, but we're very normal. We're not these strange others with, I mean, apart from my sparkles. At the moment. It is, it, it, it's the other ring. It's, it's the, the other ring because we always think these things happen to other people. That's right. And it's convenient then to push that into a nuclear corner over there and go, okay, well, they brought it on themselves. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, off they go, they can deal with it, AA can deal with it, the hospitals can deal with it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, whereas actually what we're seeing is, you know, here in Queensland, um, I think alcohol's inv involved in a third of hospital admissions in emergency. Wow. Yeah. Wow. yeah, it's huge. It's hugely involved in suicide, domestic and family yeah. violence, yeah. suicide, yeah. you know, child abuse, sexual assault, all of it. So yeah. it's not just the individual that it's impacting. No. It's impacting communities. It's right. impacting families. It's impacting uh, workplaces. You know, it's across the board. And I yeah. think... Uh, it's because that's the, the alcohol stuff so pervasive. It doesn't matter whether you're a lawyer. It doesn't matter whether you're a, 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 a you know earning three hundred grand a year. You you've got as many people. You know the substance might be different. You might not be doing ice, but you're probably knocking back hundred bottles of you know whatever that nice wine is and going it's okay because this is a nice habit yes yeah. degustations yeah. and this that and the other you know so yeah. it's, it's it's across all areas it's across all socioeconomic it is. It is. Uh, categories and so it's not an other at all it's not another it's actually the normal i would suggest that it's the it's the other is the person who isn't the person who's having one drink every three weeks or, you know, and that has that sort of relationship with alcohol. That's the other as opposed to the rest of us who are, you know, not the other. <laughs> and and I think part of, is, part of that as well, sorry to interrupt him, but part of that yeah. as well is the narrative that we have held so far uh, to date, uh, which has been perpetuated by, you know certain recovery programs and so on yeah. which is either you're fine yeah. or you're you've got a problem yeah. and actually there's a huge swathe of people that are in the and middle the problems with you yes that's what gets to me about those other programs the problems with you it's like no the problem's not with us that's not the problem's not with us 
to bring us back to what we were talking about, saying I've just run off a little, <laughs> which I love. We're solving so much problems here. Some of you are tuning in for a chat on community. <laughs> like in these beautiful groups that Faye has um, founded, is by being with other people and listening to other people's stories and hearing that you're not, because that's the thing, we're only, we only feel shame when we buy into the idea that we're alone. As soon as we realize that, you know, most other people are like us, we're all kind of in this huge humanity of people living similar lives with similar issues and concerns, then suddenly it just feels like it feels all feels lighter and you feel less responsible for your own, you know, like personally at fault for what is purely a addictive addictive substance and a reaction to an addictive substance. Yeah, that's right. I think that that's the power of common humanity, isn't it? And I think also, um, you know, birds of a feather flock together, and so when you are someone who drinks heavily or you're someone who engages any particular kind of lifestyle or behavior you 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 are attracted to other people like you and so that is that is your normal your perspective on what quote unquote normal is is based on what you see generally in your in your immediate environment and it was quite a shock to me to realize that actually there were quite a few people out there that just didn't enjoy, didn't really like drinking or, you know, didn't drink at all or drank yeah. very moderately. Yeah. I was like legitimately quite surprised <laughs> at how many, how many of those people were out there because I just thought most people were like me. me In some respects, me not maybe as hardcore as me, but yeah. you know, that most people, drank you know similarly that was the basis of their their entire social life really was catching up with mates and drinking yeah 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 fascinating isn't it and like yeah if you if you can't see it you can't be it agree phrases and other phrases that we're um, I stole that with someone. I don't know who it was. Phase <laughs> phrase. You can't see it. You can't be it. I love it. Um, it's not mine. It's probably Tony Robbins or something. All right. We'll, we'll, maybe someone will tell us. But for now. <laughs> so so um, I, I would say for people as well that, you know, people are, this is one of the number one concerns for people when they do make changes to their um, drinking habits is around um, the, the friendship side of things. Yes. People that I speak yeah. to, it's, it's a serious concern. What will I say to people? What will other people think? Will I lose my friendships? How am I going to navigate these situations? Yes. Oh, but I've got a wedding coming up or a holiday coming up. How, yes. how on earth am I going to do this? Yes. Um, it's... And a lot of it is also, I don't want to make a big fuss. I don't want all the attention on me. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to draw attention to myself. I don't want to make it all about me. And there's a lot of that I hear. I don't want to make anyone else feel uncomfortable. There's a lot of that. I think also sometimes people don't want to have that commitment out there because they're still undecided and they're still experimenting. Yes. So they might be like, I'm dipping my toe in. I'm not sure how I feel about this. I'm just yes. going to try and do a, a month a or month. something. And yes. I actually, I don't want to declare to the world that this is what I'm doing or yes. that this is, you know, so I, I, I don't want to sort of, come out as someone yeah. who's a non-drinker at this, at this at this point and then that's totally fair yeah, exactly right exactly right exactly right and so Faye um I will ask you a little bit about your business because you are a wonderful sober coach as well um but just before we get on to that what advice would you give 
to somebody who was thinking of taking a break or thinking of um, getting sober curious or thinking of, you know, stopping drinking, in terms of friendships, what would be your recommendations for them? Oh, um, I think what I said earlier, really, which is go in with an open mind, but also don't go in expecting the worst. Um, yeah. You know, it's, it, it's likely that changes will happen, yeah. um, but they might not be as large as you think. You might yeah. still retain a lot of those friendships, but in a different way. Um, but also, you know, you don't have to prove yourself to anybody. That's another thing. You can take this at your own pace. And if that means for you, you want to hibernate for six months because you just don't want to do any social things, that's cool. You yeah. do that. You do what you okay. need to do to look after you. If that means you uh, still want to go and do all the things that you were doing before, but you want to have alcohol-free replacements, that's cool. Yeah. You know, it's all yeah. trial and error and about you working out what feels okay to you. And you're not yeah. going to know that until you're actually doing it. Yeah, that's right. And also, yeah. it will change because yeah. what feels okay to you in the beginning, six months, 12 months, if that's the path you decide to go, you you, you might you might be on a completely different trajectory by then. So I would say um, really go in with that sense of curiosity. Yeah, definitely. That's brilliant advice. Brilliant advice. See what unfolds for you. Yeah. And, um, you know, there might be some loss, there might be discomfort, there might be some change. That always comes with it. A whole raft of opportunity. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And there's some awesome communities out there if you want to join them, like um, Faze Untoxicated, um, which is brilliant. And I think you just, if you just look up Untoxicated, I'll put it in the notes underneath, you can find that there as well. There's also Couple Community as well, they do some events too. Oh, yes. There's lots yes, of nice yes, places yes. that you can. Go and find people who are doing meetups in your area. Um, yeah, there's meetups. What's that? Sorry. I said you can see if you're in Brisbane. <laughs> see me if you're in Brisbane. Um, it's not me. It's booze. She does stuff for uh, oh, yeah. generally for women in their thirties. She does yeah. a few things. Um, dry but wet. She does tastings and alcohol free products. Yeah. Yeah, and then there's um, events like Piccolo and that's just been and the Boost Free Pub and there's all sorts of things going on. I know that we will put stop. those on Untoxicated as meetups for sure when they come up. So, um, and there's things to... like Ecstatic Dance or um, No Lights, No Light, those sorts of things yeah. are alcohol and oh, drug free events and they're yeah. great. So yeah so there, there is definitely it's building momentum there's much more out there but also you know the other thing is you don't have to necessarily do alcohol free events what you can do is join meetups for things like you've done emma with the swimming yeah. which is daytime yeah. stuff like hiking yeah. or kayaking or rock climbing yeah. or i don't know you know discussion groups whatever it is yeah and you might find friends that way as well who, okay. you know, booze um, isn't their central focus. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. That's great advice as well. And um, Faye, myself, and the lovely Sarah Connolly have been meeting because we are planning something very exciting. So watch this space on that. Uh, so, um, for those just listening, Faye and I did some weird hand thing and a, and a mysterious so face. <laughs> Anywho, um, Faye, before we finish up, thank you so, so, so much for coming on and talking with me. You're always a beautiful and very popular guest. 
Will you please share your amazingness with this community and tell them how they can reach you and what you offer in terms of your business as well? Oh, okay, thank you. Yes, I do um, grey area drinking coaching. So that's the specialty that I'm trained in. Um, and that is for people who are generally, uh, you know, high-functioning drinkers. Um, my clients are usually professionals, male and female. Um, usually, I would say 35 to 55 is, is the general. Um, and they are drinking more than they want to. And uh, they're often performing really, really well at work. Um, but it's impacting areas of their lives uh, in a lot of detrimental ways, including really their relationship with themselves, one of the biggest ones because of the um, uh, shame and the self-flagellation that often goes with it. Uh, so, yeah, you can contact me, uh, Faye Lawrence, or one word, Faye with an E, dot com dot au, um, and I do also work, uh, with single sessions too so I do single sessions and monthly packages um, for anyone that might be interested in that thank you for sharing that because Faye is a wonderful coach she and I have trained together and we have a lot of time for each other because we are uh, both we love each other and also very funny and yes hilarious some would say <laughs> Well, you and I both have the you and I both have the counselling <clears throat> background as well as the coaching, which I think is, you know, important. Even though coaching is different to counselling and psychology, I do think it's important to have, uh, or certainly advantageous to have mental health uh, knowledge and training to help people in this space because yeah. <clears throat> you know there's often trauma there's often yeah. things going on for people that even though you might not necessarily be tackling in the sessions it's important to be able to be equipped to know how to work with that Definitely. Definitely. In, in a responsible way I yeah agree. I agree well thank you my darling thanks for tuning in everybody Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Midlife AF with Emma Gilmore. If you enjoyed it, please share on Instagram for your friends and tag me at Hope Rising Coaching. If you want to help me grow the podcast, please review the episodes for me on Apple Podcasts. That really helps. If you would like to work further with me, please go to my website, www.hoperisingcoaching.com my free and paid programs or email me at emma at hoperisingcoaching.com sending a massive cuddle to you and yours from me and mine and remember to keep choosing you